0: This is episode 121 of the Landscape Photography Show and in this episode we're talking with photographer Paul Moon joining us from across the pond and Paul and I have known each other on Twitter for a long time and I, I had never really heard his whole story of how he became a photographer, past experiences, we interacted a little bit, but but it's always fun for me to talk to those people who I know a little bit about, but it's so much more to the story than I even realized. And this is one of those discussions of what happened in, in realizing who Paul was, what makes him tick, what drives him as a photographer, and what made him into the person that he is. His personality and how it's adjusted and adapted over time to his artwork and his expression of creativity. The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Everybody, we're here with Paul Moon. Paul's joining us today from across the pond. Paul, how are you doing?
1: I'm fine. Uh, how are you, David?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Uh, why don't if for anybody who's unfamiliar with you uh, and, and your photography, why don't you fill us in on how you actually got started in photography and what led you to where you are now?
1: Yeah, that, that's a, it's quite a long journey because I'm I'm not a young man, <laughs> but yeah, I've um, I've been. Taking photographs most of my life. To be honest, I started when I was about twelve or thirteen. Uh, uh, my dad had a an SLR, and, and I managed to, uh, you know, find, you know, get myself into it. Really enjoyed looking at his camera, and he and the and my family encouraged me. Um, bought me an SLR, and I used to just go around just taking pictures, random stuff. Uh, in you know, in the landscape, I spent a lot of time in uh, on the edge of a town um small town and we uh, there was woodland um fields so i'd take the camera out and just take pictures and, you know when the good weather snow and things like that and i'd always be uh, have the camera with me um i t- learnt uh, developing darkroom developing at school uh, we had a just black and white and um, so i did that for a couple of years did night classes uh some exams in photography, and then I started to go down the uh, route of, um, at, uh, you know, training as an artist and a graphic designer. So that uh, kind of started me off on the path of photography. Then, um, so it kind of got to teenage years, and you start to look elsewhere, and you think, oh yeah, music, music, uh, you know. And I started to get into the into the punk scene in uh, the UK. Uh, I know yourself you were a punk at um, in in the US so you know it was quite a quite an in, in, incredible time to be around and uh, really enjoyed that played in bands uh, I was a bass player uh then um kind of explored uh, you know different music genres and uh, got, got into reggae hip hop and stuff like that and then um, f- you know started a family a young family and um, probably well my youngest son is 33 now 32 sorry my eldest son is 32 um, so quite an age I'm, I'm 58 now uh, and then we moved to a small village and I started uh, picking up the camera again um, and it was again film uh, mainly because obviously digital wasn't invented that, that came later at a later stage Um uh, I did a lot of uh, close-up work a lot of abstracts looking at uh, patterns and stuff like that on the you know in my local area then i started to look at the local landscape which is it's quite an unusual landscape um in terms of uh the, the the sort of geography and the geology of it um it's uh it's the yorkshire wolds i live right on the edge of it and um, i've been here obviously most of my life but i didn't really look at exploring it until we moved into this into the village where i live now um it's a very sort of hilly landscape um soft hills uh not not rugged it's it's chalk landscape so it's smoothed uh there's a, it's quite a, a large uh, plateau it's not a high plateau but it's as a chalk plateau that you can climb up and rise up onto the top of Uh, stretches for quite a long distance all the way up to the edge of north yorkshire past into north yorkshire from the edge of the humber uh, estuary at hull and um, all the way to some seabird cliffs at uh, bempton and flamborough so that's the kind of landscape I, i i live in and then it's uh, what there is as well, especially, is the dry valleys. Now, these were um, created at the end of Ice Age when the, the, the chalk plateau was frozen. There was a huge meltwater created these very wide, very steep-sided dry valleys. Well, they're dry now, obviously, but there were river valleys when there was meltwater. It cut right into the chalk. But right down into the bottom of the chalk in some places, so you can be in on the top of the chalk, uh, you know, upland uh, driving around, and then you'll suddenly drop right down into the depths of the chalk, and you can twist and turn in these lovely kind of dry river valleys that are quite scenic, very scenic. So that's uh, that's my photography kind of uh, that's the journey I came on.
0: What do you think draws you to? Landscape and nature photography, specifically.
1: I think, like I say, when I was younger, we there was a lot more on the TV where you had um, documentaries about uh, nature and uh, and you you I'd often watch them with the family, so it was always you know some really uh, interesting, you know, main, mostly animals. I, I loved animals. I loved wildlife film, uh, watching wildlife and stuff like that, and obviously exploring. Outside my uh, town where I live, because we're honestly right on the edge of the town. So I spent a lot of the time just in, you know, exploring woodlands, ex- you know, making dens, you, you know, visiting different areas. I didn't tend to like towns until I started getting into, uh, you know, teenage years and then there's more activity in the town. But and then again, moving to the countryside. It, it made all the difference uh, I started to to get back into that feeling that you know this is where I belong I love you know I love walking um I love the you know bird song seeing wild animals uh, my house at the moment is literally 5 minutes walk from a, a huge woodland I mean I can I'm looking out my window now and it's right in front of me just on a hillside and it's one of the best in uh, east yorkshire for wild garlic so that that's in spring i'm kind of waiting now but it just covered cover the floor of it's covered in wild garlic so it becomes this white uh these white flowers uh, in patches but you know this is like you know it just covers the woodland so it's stunning so you know very nice place to live and that's drawn me to the photography again
0: so you cook a lot of italian at your house with that wild garlic. I,
1: we, we don't tend to cook with it, which is which is strange we do. I, you know, if i go in the woods and I'm taking photos, I will munch on it. I'll munch, you know, it's real peppery, really strong flavor. <laughs> and and I've been in there when it's it's damp and you come back and you, 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 you your boots are covered in pollen from the from the flowers. If you are going well is the slugs drop inside your wellies. So you you take your wellies off and these are Wellington boots. Um, So you you pull your your Wellington boots off and it's full of dead squash slugs. (laughs) It's it's quite charming. Um, But, you know, it's a a really lovely atmosphere. Um, And obviously some of the images I've got are are probably a lot on the website. There are some uh, pictures of the wild garlic. So uh, You know, that's one of the best uh woodlands in in the in the area and literally it's five minutes from my doorstep and then That's again draws, yeah
0: draws me to landscapes is you know strong raw garlic and slugs
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's great fun it's it's really nice it's it, but you know it, it's it's the sort of trials we have to go through isn't it you know wild slugs but, you know, also in the woodland, we've got, um, for the last sort of like 15 years, we've got uh, red, uh, red-tailed red kites. They, they fly around and they roost in the woodland. So the red kites, sorry, I don't think they're red tail Red kites, and they have a colony of probably about 100 um, uh, adults and they sort of go out and breed over the area and then come back and roost in winter. So any given day... We might see five, ten, and then there's buzzards as well flying over the woodland. So it's, it's quite a busy uh, area for, for, for wildlife as well.
0: It's a strange paradox that you have here of your interest uh, going through your journey into photography and, and what led you to where you are now. I mean, punk, the punk scene and nature photography don't really go hand in hand, do they?
1: No, no, no it, 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 but you know when you're when you're a teenager you kind of things you turn away from that kind of lifestyle don't you 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 you, 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 hear, you discover music you know girls and and kind of your t- your testosterone kicks in and you looking at nature's the last thing you want to be doing it's it's listening to music, going out enjoying yourself having having a drink you know that that type of lifestyle takes over, but I suppose when you start to have a young family them type of things just you know they they don't mix so you start to go out for walks with the family you've got you know we had, we had pets uh, dog so take the dog for a walk especially locally around here we can walk uh with some really good walks and kind of that led me to where i was you know looking at some of these at these valleys because we have some you know not far from here half a mile we used to go sledging in them of very steep sides and you can, uh, you know, in snow, we'd walk up there and, uh, you know, go and have to sledge in down these steep sided valleys. Uh, and it kind of got me interested in that type of landscape and, and what was on offer around here. I mean, a lot of photographers tend to go explore in different parts of the countryside, different different areas of the UK, especially around, you know, where... When you read about them and they'll go up to scotland and over to the lake district and, and north yorkshire is good for, and east and west yorkshire um cornwall all these places you know fascinated me but i tended to find that my own landscape was where i was more connected and you get that kind of uh, feeling that you you belong there and and I, and i felt you know it, something was calling me to, to go and explore this this area um, because i didn't see anybody else doing it it was it was a uh, strange because um it's a stunning area some of the some of the valley systems i mean some of them are literally probably 10 miles of twisting valleys and um, you can see them on google maps they're like There's a lot of uh, tributary dales of each, you know, and they get wider and wider. It's just like river valleys, you know, very, um, you know, they they spread out like fingers across the worlds and cut right down deep into the world. So and not many people explored them. And I, I sort of decided these were the areas. I wanted to go and take photos and I spent a lot of time just exploring them trying to do my best and trying to find a way of photographing them.
0: Why do you think it is that that we're attracted or feel more relaxed in those areas that are close by us?
1: I do I think I mean if you if you go away there's that, there's that kind of uh, anticipation. There's that expectation that you're going to come back with something. You've got to come back with the, the good shot. You've got you are you're, you're praying for good weather. You, you're always on edge. you know, if things don't go right, it's always oh no. I've I've have I've, I've gone away and I've oh, things have just gone so badly. It's rained. It, I think that. But when you're at home and you you're in your local area you can just pick and choose when you go out you can you can say well look you know the weather's fine i'll go out I, I, i'm you're relaxed you, you you don't feel the pressure of having to come back with something because you're on a deadline you're on a tight deadline you've only got a week to go you know you've gone away and travel all the distance and you don't come away with something you you you, you probably more disappointed. But in, in your local area, you can just relax. You can just lay back and go, well, you know, I haven't got it today. Next weekend, I'll do the same. Or next, tomorrow night, I'll go out and do the same. And, and you end up, that you you learn, especially exploring. The more you explore, the more places you find, the more you discover, the more you get the, the flow of the, of the landscape, the way it changes from season to season. And you can kind of learn as well where you need to be at certain times of the day, where, where the light's going to work well, where, what time of year, the the different parts of the, of the landscape are going to be good, and uh, and the type. I mean, I do, a lot of the work I do is plants and um, trees and plants uh, and flowers um, because it's it doesn't have rocks. There's no rocks here. You you don't see rocks or um, no mountains. There's no rivers, lakes. It's a dry, grassy, uh, but lots of wildflowers and uh, trees and bushes. So that's the type of thing I look for, and and kind of knowing your local landscape gives you that um, option of being able to just pick and choose when you can go and, and where you need to be to find the right subject matter.
0: You know, on the on the top of of music, and I know you said uh you were in the punk scene i was in the punk scene as well i'm a little bit younger than you so some of the bands that i'm into um and that i still listen to from time to time of course over here in the states um significantly different but also have the same roots i feel like in music what were some of the influential bands for you
1: um i think when when i first started to get into punk music that right, where there was a killing joke uh sure. And uh the Clash, obviously uh-huh. Clash were one of the biggest and and I still, you know, I still love the Clash. There were some quite hardcore punk bands. Um I, there was a kind of uh anarch anarcho punk scene in the UK. It was very um quite aggressive. Aggressive uh you know, we we had Margaret Thatcher in power, lots of people had no love for her she was destroying the kind of uh social networks destroying the 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 um the public industries uh, and that kind of led people to get kind of that aggressive stance and uh some some really powerful music um i don't tend to listen to the punk as much as i used to uh, i used to like the damned and obviously in and bands like Dead Kennedys in the uh, in the US as well. They were they were right. very important to me. I, I really loved it. And again, they were they were against Reagan and and the kind of the um, the moral majority in in the the US who were trying to clamp down on music and who were trying to clamp down on free speech. So there's all that kind of thing. It, it was it was very much a kind of anarchist uh, philosophy. Um, lots of bands that i used to follow were um you know against hunting or against uh, me a, a vegan you know vegetarian against uh, cruelty um experimentation on animals that type of thing it was very you know there was a lot of hardcore um and quite uh, you know quite strong belief you know strong opinionated uh things but what what i found was it, it got frustrating because no matter oma, the amount of time you would try and, and 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 do something it just never happened it would it was really a struggle uh and it kind of disillusioned me a bit the the, the um the punk scene it, it kind of got to a point where it was like well why are we doing this? Why, why are we shouting this? And, it, and it, the message just doesn't get through to anybody. It, it was just your own sort of, uh, your own friends and, uh, you know, and comrades who was kind of, uh, who, who appreciated it, but nobody else did. And it was, it was a very, uh, it's a very difficult, uh, thing to accept that you, you're not, your voice is not getting heard.
0: What did that do to you mentally and emotionally?
1: Um, again, I, I kind of—I I already started to sort of uh, drift away from the punk scene. I, I, I did play in punk bands, um, but then I started to sort of kind of get into more into hip hop and reggae, and and I, and I became more of a musician than than a sort of uh, somebody who wanted to just you know make my voice heard. It became a kind of uh, then once you start to play and you learn. And you listen, start to listen to other musicians, and you start to appreciate the skill of other musicians, and you kind of learn how to play properly. Then you then you start to listen to different music. So I mean, and and being a bass player, obviously things like reggae. Some of the best uh, musicians, bass players in the world, reggae musicians. and again, people like uh, Paul Simon from the Clash, a really great bass player. And then I kind of started to get into different um, other different bands. I, and at the moment, I, you know, I, I, I like Motown. Um, this bass James Jameson, who plays, who played for Motown for many many years, absolutely outstanding bass player. So the more you kind of get into the music side of it. The more you kind of turn away from that kind of um, the the message that you're trying to get across, it became more about music and and the, and learning an instrument and enjoying that kind of thing rather than the message you were trying to get across that wasn't getting heard
0: in times like that, like you described you know being opposed to who's in power or the politics at hand do you think art like music specifically and and also photography since that what this podcast is about um in times of upheaval like that do you think stronger arts come out of those
1: situations uh, I, th- I, th- I think so i mean i i mean especially i mean you you look at hip-hop i mean especially because of that that was kind of a, a a turning point wasn't it where it became about the art it wasn't just about the music there was the there was the the spray paint in the, the, you know that kind of ghetto culture and um it became and and again there's the, some of the some of the greatest artists to come out the hip-hop you know movement in terms of uh you know the design you know design and, and painting um and again Music, the 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 skill and the craft that some of the musicians that have come out of hip hop uh, have now just breaking, you know, so many uh, so many barriers and and producing some of the most amazing music. Um, So I think there is kind of a there is a there is always that um, where you know oppression kind of breeds something that makes people want to. Uh, you know, try and be more creative. I I think that's, I think you're right. You know, it can kind of lift people that, you know, they're oppressed. What else are they going to do? You know, so music and art become a kind of vehicle to lift their spirits, I think. Yeah. I think you're right with that, with that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned
0: actually starting at a very early age, at the age of 12 is, is a young photographer and then kind of putting it to aside for, for a while of your life. But when you think about yourself as that 12 year old, uh, do you think they'd be proud of who you are now as a photographer?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I I was, I wasn't a good photographer up till, up till I started using digital, really using film was not, it was not easy. Um, I didn't understand the processes of, of uh, you know, light and light balance and uh, and composition. I wasn't. I didn't educate myself in photography. If if, if you understand that, I I literally wandered around with a camera, just pointing and shooting wherever I could and what at whatever I could. I didn't read books. I didn't see any other photographers or meet any of the photographers. It was literally just me and a camera doing what I thought was right. Um, I did kind of, when I came back and when I moved to the village and I started doing stuff for myself with with the film, I kind of got it back into it and I kind of started doing stuff that I I felt was creative and I felt was was something that um, I enjoyed doing. Whether it was outstanding I I look back at it and I think, mm, dear, you know, and, and there's some cringing going on. Uh, some of the exposures were always a bit out, or the, uh, or the framing was a bit, uh, you know, wayward. But I kind of uh, had had the idea that idea that you know the landscape was there, and it and it's was only when I started using digital that I started to see other photographers and started to read about other photographers. Um, picked up books and started to see what other photographers were pre- producing so that gave me a a kind of lift and so when when I look back at who I was and and the kind of you know that I wasn't skilled at what I was doing I, I can understand why and I think now I, I, I'm I'm very very happy with who I've become as a photographer I'm really really pleased with who I am
0: You know, people who want a podcast but work remotely like photographers, that can be really challenging. But it doesn't have to be. Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution makes the process quick and painless, and honestly the way it should be. If you know me, I love quality in my podcast, and Zencaster provides crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video. Not to mention, it's so easy to use. Even for my guest, all I have to do when somebody comes onto the show, I Send them a link to the Zencaster room. They sign in. Everything is done beyond that point. You don't have to even leave the link to start the recording, to do anything. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy with everything from local recording to automatic post productions in the tools. You don't even have to leave your browser to get one episode done. I want you to have the exact same experience that I did for all of my podcasting and contact needs. If you go to zencaster.com slash pricing and enter the promo code, the landscape photography show, you'll get 30% off of your first three months. That's Z E N C A S T R.com slash pricing and enter the promo code, the landscape photography show for 30% off again, your story deserves to be heard. Start your podcasting with Zencaster. How would you describe yourself as a photographer?
1: Well, I'm not, I'm not a creative, I'm not a creative photographer. I don't, I don't use black and white. I don't use, um, I try and avoid Photoshop as much as possible. I don't do stitching or, all them all them creative aspects of photography i'm literally somebody who who sees something in the landscape and wants to record that as close and as as accurately as i possibly can now it doesn't mean i'm not looking at the composition and 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 using the shapes and and the the way the landscape is looking at color and looking at light i do use all them them the, the things that are available to me but i don't. I don't regard myself as a creative photographer in that sense of the word.
0: That's interesting. Why, why do you think that is?
1: I don't, I don't know because like you say, there's lots of photographers who, who's, whose work I admire who do, you know, amazing stuff with Photoshop, who do amazing stuff with their cameras that, you know, some of the, uh, intentional camera movement or they do, uh, I mean drone photography I, I I wouldn't even want to start I, d- I wouldn't know what to do I, I just literally I'm I'm happy just taking photographs of of a subject um and making it look as close and as natural as possible now I, I kind of when when I started looking at digital photography and I started looking at some of the photographers whose work I admired it was all the the kind of um people who did very similar stuff to do to what I do now. Uh, and I, I didn't go looking elsewhere. I didn't find that I wanted to, oh, no, I don't like this style of photography. I want to go and do black and white or I want to go and do this intentional movement. All I felt like wanting to do was this type of photography that I do, which is the very sort of kind of documentary um, nature of photography. Um, I, the people I've kind of admired... Um, there's uh, Elliot Porter. Um, he's you know that was from the Sierra Club. Um, I mean Ansel Adams again, but again that's black and white. It's this the, the framing and the, and the comp- compositions are, are fantastic in the way he uses light and shade. Uh, people like Joe Cornish in this country, um, Peter uh Charles Kramer. There's a few landscape photographers who, work, and Paul Wakefield as well, if you look at Paul Wakefield's work. They're the type of photographers who I kind of align with, very natural-looking, very, you know, there's no real kind of... It's all about the subject. So to me, the subject is, is more important than the camera, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. What, what do you feel that the woodlands around your home give you a subject
1: um again that that you know i'm, I'm I, I, the flowers i guess the flowers and and woodland and and uh, autumn in woodland is always good um I, i'm i'm you know i i i've grown up in woodland so i kind of when i was 12 and 13 i was out in woodlands so I, I i lived uh, you know, again, just up the road from me, there was a woodland. So I, I used to go and explore the woodland quite a lot. Um, I used to go looking for birds' nests and things like that, which was not the uh, not the done thing. Um, but and fungi, uh, I love stuff like fungi, and I, and and kind of find that woodlands. There's, you know, you've obviously the the trees are the main subject, but you've also got that understory where you've got flowers plants that are growing there that are sometimes quite rare plants in some of the woodlands we get orchids and um different different you know and mosses ferns i love ferns anything like that so woodlands always draw me in uh and i I guess a lot of people are drawn by woodlands They, they do feel you feel comfortable in a woodland don't you it's it's kind of uh the seclusion and the and the peace that you get from a woodland is is always really nice. And um, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I know there's a photographers who love standing uh, on the edge of a windswept coast and just getting battered and trying to, you know, and they love that type of weather. I, I'm not. That's not me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy in a kind of uh, soft landscape where it's, you know, this it's not there's not Huge drama, you know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not that kind of person. I like the soft uh, aspects of the landscape and and the sort of delicate side of the landscape.
0: Does that match your personality?
1: Hmm. <laughs> Good question. Um, it does now. I tended to be a bit more. Uh, you know, obviously, years ago, I was. I was uh, with when the Arthur Young family had three three children. So. I was always busy I was always very active trying to do things trying to you know was trying to find a way of supporting them and uh, now I've mellowed very much so so I'm kind of happy just uh, being being a rambler I'm not I'm not kind of I used to run around it was when I went out taking photographs 10 years ago I'd be you know I, I, the energy it was all about energy i've got to get up there i've got to climb around there i've got to go around that corner I've got, you know it was all that type of thing but now i just go out and just enjoy the the walk and um, just ramble and, and don't have a specific plan I, I just kind of just you know it's a, it's a lot more relaxed um, and i enjoy it I, I, and I, and, it, and i tend to find that it it can make you um, a bit more open to seeing things. If you tend to slow down a bit and relax a bit more, you will start to see things that uh, you wouldn't normally see if you were in a hell for leather. I've got to get up that hill. The sun's coming out quick. You know, it was all about that when I started in the worlds. I
0: have a theory, um, and your description of that matches it pretty well. I have a theory that when, when most photographers start, Let's say 90%. Um, they start out that way, you know, going for the energy, going for the big grand vistas, the insanely quote unquote epic skies. Um, and then as time progresses, they go into more of a calming approach to photography. And slowly but surely, they start to appreciate the local scenes a little bit more. And slowly but surely, I think they spend more time constructing a composition that makes sense to their creative vision and that starts to come to fruition a little bit more and you can see their style and their work a little bit more w- would you agree with that
1: yeah yeah definitely i can't, i kind of when when i when i first started on the walls and i was looking at the the and trying to visit these areas where i knew there was going to be some some uh some images because i these valleys if you look on the website the valleys of you know there's there's lots of lovely views but you've got to climb and you've got to get to the tops and you've got to go around and you've got to wait and you've got to sit and, and and there was always that and it was always about the view and it was always about you know being in the right place at the right time and then and then kind of slowed down a bit and you and you start to then see little things and you and you notice things a bit more as you as you travel in and you slow down a bit and and the more you slow down again your style slows you're not constrained by just views so you end up being looking at just details and details i love detail shots so you know close-ups not you know not macro or anything like that but just intimate landscapes you start to see them you notice things more and you and it and like you say, it can start to develop as a style. Um, I Tended to find that in the land, in the in the valleys and things, I've got this certain style, and and a lot of people in the UK kind of know that style is is these kind of zigzags and uh, angles and curves and twists that I've used quite considerably in in a lot of the of, of the images I've taken, and uh, tend to be portrait. A lot of the shots maybe. Seventy-five percent of my shots are portrait, maybe even eighty percent um, a portrait, because of the way the landscape's constructed. And if you you'll see that, and and a kind of, and also as well, I don't chase light now. I don't. I love soft light. I absolutely adore soft light now. So when there's when there's no sun or it's it's really just flat light, that that's a real challenge. And it also means that you, you're working harder. You try, you, then you've got to try and find contrast within the landscape, and you've got to use elements within the landscape and construct images using, you know, contrast within subjects rather than using contrast with light.
0: Is it? Is it getting older? Let Let me give you let me give you three options here for, for why that could be and this goes to myself too, not just not just uh, projecting on you, is it getting older? Is it getting lazier? Or is it just coming into your own style as a photographer?
1: I think it was a combination of all three. <laughs> 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 definitely, definitely getting older it's, it, you, and be lazier because you, you don't have that energy. I don't have the energy I had to, 10 years ago. Um, I've... I've, I've, I've and your body starts to to show signs of that um and it can you know it can you'll suffer i'll suffer if i do go out and do a lot of heavy walking or a lot of uh, uh, I'll now i'll know about it um i didn't used to i could come back and come and come home from walking around on the walls up and down hills and then. St- come home and have to do and do a load more work uh, nowadays i've come home and i like collapse on the sofa or you know and just just chill out because i'm just worn out so it's it's a bit of an age thing i mean i don't want to i don't want to be like that um but i, I tend to find that I'm, I'm i've done what i feel like I, I could do in the landscape with the with that youth that i had that that's that energy that i had now i'm Quite happy to just stroll and amble and be be gentle and and not be so, you know, that person who who tore around the landscape, who climbed the highest peaks and, and uh, you know wanted to be in in the, in the tops there viewing, and now I just like just pacing around looking for things and just enjoying the sights and sounds. So I suppose it's a maturity, um, and you know, it's a, it age and and your body is kind of slowing down a bit you feel like you don't have that energy anymore
0: it's it's funny you say that um i've gotten hurt more going out and hiking trying to get like push myself as a photographer more this past year than any other time in my life
1: yeah yeah i'm sure you have but you've enjoyed it though i'm sure
0: i have i have but yeah you saying that like you feel it the next day i definitely i've felt it for for a couple years now
1: yeah yeah it it can start to it can start to affect you and you and you don't the problem is I w- i've got a busy job I, i'm not a full-time photographer i work in uh, in whole um i'm a repro manager for a print company so i have a full-time job as well um grandchildren uh, they keep me busy kind of you know you'll get visits from them and so your life's different uh, and again age just starts to just weigh down and I've got I've I've torn a muscle in me uh, in the front of my thigh so one of my quads is torn in half it's literally and now I've got this bunched up muscle at the top of my thigh Uh, they can't repair it I'm going to have to try and exercise to kind of build up the rest of the muscles around it i've got sh- i've got shoulder problems i've got neck problems so you know it, it all adds up to feeling like oh, do i want to get up in this weather again you know and I, I was out on sunday morning um taking some you know some photos of flowers and stuff like that snowdrops it's that time of year in in the uk where snowdrops come out so i spent about an hour and a half lying on the floor um trying to take these photographs freezing conditions because it would I think there'd been a frost um uh, after about an hour and a half 2 hours I was just like ready to go home I just thought I can't go anywhere else I'm just going home because I just I knew that it was just too much for me I, I haven't been out for about 2 or 3 weeks and and and, and if I don't do it every week that energy level just gets sapped out of me straight away within within a couple of hours. I'm not going to be able to do it. So I, I think winter's kind of a time when you don't go out so much in the UK. It's The conditions are always very much the same. It's either raining or it's drab or it's it, it's not conditions you want to go out in. So I kind of start, the energy starts to roll in in, in spring and, and I suppose that your, your body as well, your body clocks start starts to kick in in spring as well you get the, the sun starts to warm you and you get the vitamin d starts to build in your body and you'll get that energy and you'll then by you know late spring i'll be i'll be wanting to get up at three you know half past three four o'clock five o'clock in the morning and go out and have a good wander about but at the moment winter sort of kind of you just relax and you're just trying to get in shape and just staying and in, in trying to hibernate basically
0: how do you know for yourself? How do you know when you see a great photo?
1: Um, I kind of, I, I, sometimes you can see a, a subject and you think oh, there is something there. I know there's something there. I can, I can see this and, and, and that can sometimes take a time to work and, time, and it can be a long drawn out process and you can sometimes turn away and go, well, it's not going to work. But then sometimes, I mean, it's it's funny because you'll sometimes just walk around the corner and you'll go, ah, yes, there you are. And and literally, I've I've stepped out the car, I've parked up a car in a, in a, in where I go uh, to walk and trying to trying to take landscape, and I you know, think, oh, I've got to go here, I'll go there. Stepped out the car, walked through a gate, looked at the floor, and gone right picture there. And and you know, it, sometimes it's 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 just fortune that it happens. Sometimes you'll see you'll see something and you'll know there's an image there and you do have to work it, but you know it, it, it's not you're not guaranteed. Um, but you will, you will, you know, eventually you'll get you'll get what you're after if you if you if you and it's experience as well. You know, that that tells.
0: What do you mean by experience?
1: Just knowing, just being doing it over and over and over again. You will you will eventually learn that there's no there's not a picture there i can walk away from that knowing that there isn't a picture really there it's just your mind's trying to create one but you know full well that you're going to struggle i I don't tend to i'm not one who uses sky and, and who uses grad filters i don't use a grad filter so i i struggle when there's when the sun sets um when there's you know that and dawn i don't use so i avoid that kind of image so you won't see you know these um there's maybe one two images where i've used the sky and the foreground and the foreground very not very often i'll get an image where i'm trying to use uh an, uh, an ND grad I, I just don't use them so I know for a full well I can just walk away from an image and go that's not going to work I, I can't take that image I'm not going to try I'll just walk away
0: Is that is crushing for you now as it used to be? Sorry? Is that as crushing for you now No, as it
1: used no to no, be? no because I, I, I'm happy doing I'm happy finding stuff that that appeals to me I'm not you know i'm not going to walk away and go oh, i'm really disappointed with that sometimes you'll see that stunning sky and you'll think oh wow you know and but i know for a fact that i'm not in the right place for skies and great you know drama um I, I, that needs you need to be in scotland you need to be in the lake district you need to be in the, on the coast and the rugged coast you, i i know my landscape is soft and it's it's it, it's subtle and it and it re, it requires that kind of a different approach than than somewhere where you you will need your wits about you and you'll need the, all the tools of your trade i'm i know that when i go out all i need is my camera and one lens and i can come away with many shots um because i because of experience and the way i've i've taught myself and the way I've uh way I've gone about photographing this landscape I know it like the back of my hands so I know how to approach it
0: when you think about your own photography um and other photographers from your own country that that have impacted you do do British photographers get the credit that they deserve
1: not in britain um certainly not in britain because we i think there's there's always been that kind of uh oh i can you know the the, the kind of mentality of people who say oh, oh well it's it's all photoshop or it's so oh, oh oh i can do that with my phone you know there, there, there's always that attitude in this country it's, it's been it's, and and again especially for the landscape photographer i mean there, there is some genres of photography in the uk that do well um Documentary does absolutely brilliantly. There's there's some really good documentary and uh, contemporary photography that does really well. But, but in terms of landscape, landscape is just literally it's for postcards. It's for tourism. It's for it's not for serious artistic endeavour in this country. I know. I think there's probably maybe. F- five maybe maybe four or five photographers in the uk who actually have their own gallery i don't know many more and you know I, I don't think it's that kind of it's that kind of occupation where you would think oh, i've going to be a photographer i'm going to be a landscape photographer in in the uk it's just you've got so much hard work to do to get to that stage um the only landscape photographers who are making a living are, are ones that are doing uh workshops constantly so that's that's the, the hard thing in the uk it is hard
0: well i feel like every uk photographer doing it full-time is also doing a uh youtube channel as well yeah it seems you,
1: like. you've got it there's a lot now who doing that type of thing yeah and they've managed to do that's been good for good for them you know uh, it's great that they've been able to Get a career out of of doing youtube i mean there's alex um, alex nail um there's a there's a few who do have good really good content on youtube and 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 i think it subsidizes what they do it means they can go and do the the, the tours and and take people away on on trips and and on tuition and stuff like that and it it's just an extra thing and i think that's the only way in the UK you'll survive is by being, you know, having lots of strings in your bow. Um, you, you can do YouTube, you can do print sales, you can do tuition, you can go, you know, and, and they'll all try and do it. I think that's what the only way you can get successful. And I wouldn't say it was successful. It's it's going to be probably hard work as well. I don't think they're, they're driving around in Jaguars and... Uh, and uh, and, and you know, sports cars—they're really struggling. Some of them.
0: Where do you see your photography going in the future?
1: Well, that's a leading question because <laughs> obviously, I'm—you know—as as you know, I mean, we both are in the NFT space now. Um, that's mainly what I'm concentrating on at the moment. I, I've—I was working on a book, um which I've been kind of working on for about ten years. Of, of images from just one location in the world, and it'd been you know it's nearly there it's nearly at production stage but but the problem i had was that i was um i didn't use social media i, I gave up on social media maybe five years ago i was just fed up with it it was not for me uh and then what I did start doing was obviously now that when I got the book to a stage where I'm thinking, you know, I've got to get some, I've got to try and build some interest in this. So I started going on Twitter and started going back on Facebook, mainly local uh, groups and and quite you know and, and trying to get stuff out there. And and that's when I noticed uh, obviously NFTs and and that was probably May. 21 so obviously then it was quite early um and i and given my kind of uh i mean without without kind of doxing myself i'm not i'm not wealthy i've struggled my, my family struggled with with we, you know we 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 do have a difficult life uh i've not made you know I'm, I'm you know as a person um the photography doesn't pay my, my job hasn't been you know i'm not in a successful career it's it's just it just enough to pay the bills so when when i see kind of an nft photography and i think i see what it's what it, the, the opportunities it's been given to artists i felt like it was something that i wanted to pursue um uh just because i feel like that you know why you know we've done all this work we've done all this groundwork trying to build ourselves these portfolios of images lots of the time and effort and i I could see that it was being rewarded with with some of the early nft sales um i think now it's kind of settled down a bit and and it's not so it's not so easy to make them kind of sales it's a hard graft um but it's enjoyable at the same time you know you've, you and the, the amount of new photographers and the people I've met and uh, you know and spoken to and made friends with online has is, is been phenomenal um, so that's kind of where I'm going now uh i'm not I'm not too worried about my photography I'm not kind of going no, I need to go and do this I need to go and do that. I'm looking more at what I've got. How I can use what I've got and how I can kind of bring bring you know extra utility to what I have already done how how can I make that work for me in 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 nfts and hopefully in, and eventually hopefully the book as well mm-hmm. I want to do the book um, and that's where I want the future to be in that kind of that side of things and and leave a leave a legacy because I you know I want something for my family to have something that that's helping to support them as well.
0: Where can people go to find more out about you and your photography?
1: Obviously I've got I've got my website um www.polmoonphotography.co.uk. Um I've done some uh, did an article recently on the on landscape website. Um, again I don't use facebook very much at the moment um instagram i've never liked instagram i find it annoying it crops your pictures and that's the last i was
0: was just going on onto your profile and saw just a handful of images on there i found (laughs) that i
1: put one image up and and the whole image the whole point of the image is is it is it didn't need cropping and it cropped it it's the one with the wild garlic the tall trees with the Mm -hmm. white garlic at the bottom and when i looked at it i thought why have you cropped my picture you know i want that picture (laughs) how i want it to be seen not cropped so i I fell out with with instagram a while back but obviously twitter's the kind of place now where you'll see a lot more of my work um i don't have a massive i don't have massive amounts of nfts i'm i'm still kind of early uh I've, i've sold a couple um I'm hoping to do some more collections. I, what I went on is, um, which I'm really pleased with, is the uh, Slyka platform. They've mm-hmm. been very good. Uh, they're, they've, they're amazing smart contracts. The contracts that they've developed for minting NFTs are just massively easier on on gas fees. So the, that kind of is, is a good thing um, in terms of the environment. But, you know you you're always um you are you know it's i don't think it's done me any favors in this country i think there's a there's not a liking there's a, there's quite a big dislike for nft photographers sadly in this country uh hopefully it'll change i think it's just the environmental impact that you know the uh, the blockchains are having that's what people are, uh, are upset with um and the other things as well but you know There's so many little things that uh, are going on that aren't great, but it's early days, you know, it's an early technology and and people are going to take advantage of it.
0: Well, he's Paul Moon. Paul, I want to thank you so much for joining us, talking photography and, and sharing about your experience with it. So that was a really good episode with Paul. We learned a lot about him, what makes him tick, and I love those conversations that take us through that experience. That's what I love about this podcast, learning more about the photographers that come on, the ones we look up to, the ones we newly discover, or the ones we've learned about along the way. Remember, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash David Johnston and sign up for a support tier that you think fits your budget for monthly supports for the podcast to help it keep going week after week. And also remember this episode was sponsored by Zencaster. If you want to get 30% off and you want to start a podcast, you want to create something that needs that content, that power behind it of high quality audio and HD video, you can go to zencaster.com slash pricing and enter the code, the landscape photography show for 30% off that Z E N C A S T R.com slash pricing promo code, the landscape photography show. Thanks so much guys. See you next week.